Welcome to the Self-Care Spotlight. I'm your host, Alyssa Cousins, and I'm inviting you to a lifestyle, a way of being, where taking care of yourself is everything from yoga to doing work that you love. Through my solo episodes and interviews with inspiring women who are just as likely to meditate as they are to curse. The goal of this podcast is to empower you to make space for you and your self-care and live your most radiant, aligned life. Are you with me? Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Self-Care Spotlight. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Colleen McCann. Colleen is a certified shamanic energy practitioner who was a fashion stylist, as she says, in a past life. She is a regular columnist for Time.com, and her work has been featured on Goop, in the New York Times, Vogue, Vanity Fair, Refinery29, and many, many more. Guys, she is the real deal crystal lady. She lives in New York and LA, and here's a fun fact. She's originally from Pittsburgh. Yes, she is another representing Pittsburgh. When I found that out, I immediately felt more of a connection with her and We had a really fun conversation. This is going to be based on her book, Crystal Rx, Daily Rituals for Cultivating Calm, Achieving Your Goals, and Rocking Your Inner Gem Boss. This is a brand new book that is out, and let me tell you, it is so gorgeous. It is a hardcover, beautiful book. Talk about perfect for the holidays, and it just came out. Don't worry, the link to it is going to be in the show notes for episode 73. So as I said, today's conversation, this is going to be essentially a preview of her new book, Crystal Rx. We are going there. We are talking about all things crystals, and we've never had a full episode on crystals. I know, that's crazy, but we are going there. We're talking crystal care. What crystals do you need in your arsenal? Um, the different shapes of crystals and what those mean. We're talking about how to care for the crystals, how to choose your crystals and all the different methods to choosing a crystal. We talk about the science of crystals. Honestly, it's just a full, full conversation, chock full of wisdom. If you are someone who loves crystals, I still think that you are going to learn even more about them and fall even more in love with crystals. I think this is an enlightening conversation. If you're in the other side of that and you maybe are skeptical or you are curious or you're like me and you just don't know a lot about crystals but you like them and you're drawn to them, then you are going to learn so much. Get ready to have your eyes wide open here. It's it's going to be a really fun conversation. So with that, let's go ahead and jump into the show. And with that, welcome, Colleen, to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. You're so welcome, fellow Pittsburgh woman. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to tell you right off the bat, Colleen, because I told you before we started recording that there was something I wanted to tell you that was really what I call a weird, not weird moment when I got your book that we're discussing today. When I got your book in the mail, Crystal Rx, I got it. First and foremost, I, I got it on your birthday. Ah. And I was reading through like the very first couple of pages, like where you're introducing yourself. And it says, I was born on August 29th in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's true. 
And I actually, it stopped me in my tracks because it was August 29th that I had got your book, that I opened it and just was doing my first look through. And I am born and raised and currently still live in Pittsburgh. <laughs> so to me, weird. right? For me, that was, I call them weird, not weird moments. And that just felt like synchronicity and that I'm supposed to talk to Colleen and it just validated for me that we were supposed to have this conversation. So I really appreciate you being here and I'm so excited to talk about all things crystals with you. So again, thank you for being here. My pleasure. And okay. So I just want to dive right in here to this book because this has a lot to cover and we've never talked about crystals before solely on the self-care spotlight. They have been mentioned, but they've never been covered in a full episode. So we're going to dive right into your brand new book. So Let's start at the beginning. You wrote in the book, I'm a shaman, though I'm probably not your typical shaman. I also happen to wear fake eyelashes. I love that, first of all. I love that setup because there's such a paradox there of what we think of like shaman and then someone who's like wearing fake eyelashes, right? Like there's like a paradox there. Oh, totally. And, you know, something that people say to me often when we'll shake up a conversation and then they ask me what I do for a living and I tell them. And the very first thing they say to me is you don't look like a shaman. No. And yeah. <laughs> so definitely have this preconceived notion of, of what a shaman looks like. And I actually take it very much as a compliment because it just shows that there's a lot of people out there that are going into other areas, um, doing their healing work that might not exactly look when, how you think about people that are like living in remote places, like on the mountaintop, um, like the Karos, the Peruvian shamans and bringing this medicine into communities where it hasn't been before, which is what I've done in the fashion, beauty, health, wellness, and entertainment community. Right. Yeah. You've really brought, it's like, that's a very good point because in the book you can see, cause I said you have gorgeous photos in the book and you can see like these Peruvian, you know, shamans and different things. Obviously, you don't look like that. You know, you you live in LA, like you, but you've managed to bring it into this modern space, and yeah. you've managed to bring it into a book that you know it says "Rocking Your Inner Gem Boss" is a part of the title. You've brought it into this content, condensed version that is accessible, I think, to modern healers, modern women who want to get into this ancient practice of using crystals, and you make that very clear in the book. So can you can clarify, um, just to set the foundation here, what exactly is your definition of a shaman? Yes. One of my favorite questions, and depending on what shaman you talk to, you always may get a little variation in answer. Um, because like surgeons, sh every shaman does different things, right? So I work a lot with uh, what's called divination, tarot cards, crystals, other shamans strictly work with people doing ayahuasca. Other shamans work with um, groups of people and doing different types of rituals and ceremonies. So everybody has their own, their own passions and gifts within that realm. Um, on a very base level, though, to me, a shaman is someone that is the conduit for healing and information between the seen and the unseen worlds. And we're really here as shamans, you kind of take a vow that you're here to be, you know, 
there for yourself the best you can, honor the people around you and honor the planet that you live on. And in a way, isn't that something we all want in our lives? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, okay. So I have to ask, cause be it that again, I am from Pittsburgh. I know this area really well. And I'm sure other <laughs> people are wondering, you said in the book that you were growing up as a child with like clear cognizance and all these, these gifts um, how was that living in an Irish Catholic family in, you know, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the steel city? I have to ask how that, uh, again, like how was that paradox in your life growing up? Well, I think if you would ask my mom, I was, so I'm the oldest of three girls. I think I was probably, she always said, she's like, Oh, that's my creative one. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, to give you some examples of some things that were happening when I was yeah. old that I can remember, like I, I won the state lottery and I woke up one morning and I had had, um, you know, this thought, I was like, I just know the lottery numbers. And we know that that's called claircognizance when someone just has a knowing and they'll never be able to explain why I ran down the stairs. Um, I went and told my mom and she just kind of, you know, she's like, okay, kind of entertained me a little bit. And I was always a really well-behaved child. And I just wouldn't drop this until the, to the point that I started getting really, really upset. And she's like, okay, okay, you know, we'll go to the gas station and play the lottery numbers. And um, she went and did that. And then my, my aunt had come over to join us for dinner. And they said, okay, well, we'll put the what is it like the 6 p.m. lottery? And it's like the little balls come up and it's like the pick three right. or four or whatever it is. And so I sat there with my arms crossed and I watched the numbers pop up on the pick three and it was correct. And in the order that I said, and my, my aunt starts choking on her food and my mom's like, you know, screaming. And I just sat there. I was like, I told you, I told you and nobody would listen to me. And it was just so normal. Wow. And I also, again, remember talking to my mom and she would start to bring up, tell me stories about, um, you know, family members that had passed or her childhood. And she started telling me about my grandma's kitchen. And I said, yeah, it was blue and your dog, I think her like her dog cookie and something else. And I started describing this kitchen and I I just watched her face drop. And she said, that kitchen hasn't looked like that since the late forties. You've never seen photos of that. And I didn't tell you my dog's name. (laughs) Yeah. So we knew something was up. (laughs) Something was, something was up. Um, and I'd say the gift was never, it wasn't, um, it wasn't fostered in my family, but it also wasn't put down either. Right. Like Mm -hmm. it just, it just was kind of there. And I think, Oh, it's another coincidence that Colleen knows something. Mm -hmm. Like write it off as it's a coincidence. It's a coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. So it was never like, you know, my family never shamed me, but they also weren't like, Oh my God, we need to send that one to psychic school. Uh (laughs) Right. So I guess what I'm guessing then. So you kind of, I mean, eventually you didn't really, I mean, you didn't pursue that this path that you're on, you didn't pursue this right away, despite the fact that you knew that like these coincidences were happening since you were a young child, you didn't pursue this, this healing, 
healer path, crystals, tarot right away, you were in the fashion industry and you talk about that in the book and that you did that, you know, you said 10 years ago, you were in the fashion, fashion industry in New York being a stylist. Can you kind of, so that they understand, um, the listeners understand your background of how you went from little girl who's guessing lottery numbers to being a stylist and then all of a sudden somehow getting back into this woo-woo world as it were. So can you explain that a little bit, like that timeline? I will. And you're so correct. Um, since I was a little girl, I did, I did want to live in New York and, and be a, a fashion designer. That part is true. And I definitely followed the first part of uh, my career path with bells on. But my uh, second career path that I've been in as a shaman, I went in kicking and screaming the whole way and didn't at the beginning didn't want anything to do with this so what had happened uh it's true I was living in New York City and I first worked as a fashion designer and then I decided I didn't want to be in an office and sit in front of the computer as much and decided to try my hand at styling and I ended up um long story short getting connected with the fashion director of Vogue India and became her New York assistant. And then I started um, assisting other editors that worked at different international publications of Vogue. So Vogue Japan, Vogue Germany, Vogue Brazil, so on and so forth. And while all this was happening, I was obviously, you know, my career was, my career was going great. And around I mean, it would have had to have been like 27, 28, 29, somewhere in there. I started to notice a few changes and it, it started slowly at first that my cell phone would be face down and I just knew who was calling and what they wanted. And most of the times I would write it off because I'm like, oh, why hear from that person every few weeks or, oh, it's my boss or, oh, whatever. But then it was starting to happen that someone reaching out that I hadn't talked to in a decade, right? Like that type of stuff. Someone from high school was calling or I'd have a dream about somebody and they'd email me the next day that I hadn't spoken to in years. Um, That was the first thing I noticed, but the, the real um, kind of lightning bolt slash fuck my life moment was when I was in my local bodega in Brooklyn And I was working on a trend presentation for a client and I went in and to get my favorite sandwich, it was like 2 a.m. and nobody's in there and I needed a break. And I was walking up to the counter and I literally heard a man's voice say, there's going to be a fight about bananas and the man will be 32 cents short. And I spun around and nobody's there. And I was like, okay, you are really tired. Walk to the counter and you know, typical New York style, the guy comes from like the sidewalk market part with these bananas and kind of like pushes me out of the way at the counter and drops them down. And they literally start fighting about the price of bananas. And I thought, oh my God, I'm not only tired, but now I need antipsychotics. (laughs) So I went back to my apartment and again, wrote it off. I'm like, whatever, you're tired. Then... (laughs) I started walking around the streets of New York and people were coming up to me on the sidewalk, on the subway and telling me they had messages for me and that I was a healer or some version of that. 
one woman actually told me at fashion week, some gypsy lady when I was walking up, because at the time um, fashion week was still at Bryant park and not Lincoln center. And she said, um, I can see your vibrant green aura. I need to talk to you. Your life is about to change. I need to talk to you. And I was like, you know, I was like, get away from me, lady. Like, you know, typical New York street weirdo stuff. And I didn't listen. So I kept not listening until, you know, you start waking up in the middle of the night and you see ghosts walking through your wall from one apartment to another. And oh, I thought, yeah, that's what I said. And I was like, Oh my God. Now I also hadn't really told anybody this because right. I'm sitting there like I have no support system in this type of community or no knowledge of what it was. Mm-hmm. And I was at a client's and a friend comes up to me a work friend that I don't know very well. And she says, um, Hey, Hey, are you into psychics? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't really have an opinion on the subject. And And she goes, I really think you need to go see my friend Asa Hoffman. And I said, who's that? And she said, he's a psychic. And I was like, huh. And I thought to myself, I was like, well, I've never been to a psychic. Maybe maybe he'll know why I'm crazy. (laughs) So in true Virgo fashion, because I'm a Virgo, Uh um, I took in a list of all the reasons I was crazy. I wrote it down and wanted to talk to this man. And he opens the door. And again, I was so skeptic. I wouldn't tell him my last name, tell him where I'm from, from nothing, tell him what I did because I wanted to go in there blind. Cause you know, I kept thinking, I'm like, Oh, if you tell people that stuff, they like read body cues and information and they're just going to tell you what you want to hear. That was what I thought. Right. And so to take that out of the equation, I told him nothing. And he opens the door and just looks at me and says, oh my God, he's like, you're not crazy, you're psychic, and grabs my hand and pulls me into his office and says, sit down, you and I need to have a really long talk, and starts saying, is this, this, and this happening? And I'm like, yeah, and this, this, and this, yeah, and he said, okay, here's some books to read, you need to find yourself a mentor, your life's about to change, heard that one again, and you're going to leave your industry and eventually move to California, and I was like, fuck that. So I walked out of there with a little bit more information and I started reading these books (laughs) and then as they say, when the student's ready, the teacher, the teacher will appear. Um, I had one friend that was, that I felt was like into this. It was my friend that, that talked about auras and Kundalini yoga and juicing before like anybody else I've ever met. So I went out to um, Long Island to visit her in the Hamptons. And I said, hey, I need, to, I need to tell you something. And I explained to her what had been going on. And she looks at me and pats me on the face and says, oh, you finally figured it out. <laughs> ah. yeah. So she's like, I've seen this in you for years. I just never said anything. <laughs> mm. So she puts me in contact with my first mentor that I studied with once a week for three years. And then I got into shaman school and then I got Reiki attuned um, and jumped down a bunch of other mystical rabbit holes. Um, And that's kind of how I ended up in this field. But one constant that's always been there was the crystals. Mm -hmm. So when I started seeing dead people and, and hearing voices and the whole thing, I also 
walked into my first crystal store and the woman says, Oh, what do you like? And they had all kinds of things in there. And of course I went after the jewelry and I pointed to a bunch of necklaces and I said, this one, this one, and this one. And off of what I picked, she read uh, what was going on with me and like to the T read about me. And I'm just talking about this in the book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I went back again and I bought more crystals and she kept nailing me with whatever crystal I picked. And I said, how do you know this stuff? And she said, by the crystals you picked, of course. And so that was kind of um, how I got into crystals and she's become a long time mentor to me as well. So Thank you for that. That was like, that's honestly a fascinating story. I was like listening, like just like leaning into the computer, like (laughs) if I'm talking, you know, like as if we're together, (laughs) I'm like leaning in so intently. So, okay. I can only imagine hearing dead people and seeing dead people and all the things. And yeah, that's just a wow. That's a lot. So crystals. We get to crystals and you're right now you've written a book on crystals and you do crystal healing and crystal readings and you, you've completely, you know, dove into this world. Why for you, you know, why are crystals, why are they such a favorite modality to you? Well, I'll tell you. And again, going through all of my training in a way I went through kicking and screaming and skeptical, which I would maybe not kicking and screaming, but always advise people like, I love skeptics. I love non-believers and skeptics when I get to talk to them because I've been there. Um, But I went through with a skeptical mind through all this. And the one constant I found through every teacher I studied with, every modality that that I trained in, um, every book that I read by you know, somebody that was a, that was like a a lighthouse in the community and had a lot of knowledge, crystals always popped up. And so for me, it was actually a thread through every spiritual modality that I ever put my fingers on. And I actually had had, do you want to hear about my, the aha moment about how I put crystals into my business? (laughs) Please. <laughs> okay. Well, I was I was in shaman school, <laughs> as one does, and the teacher the teacher says, um, "Hey, we're going to have this kind of like party uh, intuitive fair tonight, and everyone needs to come as their alter ego, and half the room will kind of be the like the reader or the psychic, if you will, and then we're going to switch. So it's basically the idea that." you get to sit down with, with all these different people and experience different energies and get the confidence basically of reading strangers one after another. It's just to uh, help you learn how to flex your intuitive muscle. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, oh, I've been invited to a party. Now I need an outfit, right? So I went into fashion mode. And so I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like, what, who am I going to be? Do I like, what scarves do I have? Because Um, I was at Omega Institute, which is in upstate New York, which is Mm -hmm. about an hour and a half ride up um, into the Hudson Valley from New York City. And so I had a suitcase with me and that was it. And I, 
I went back to my room and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm like tearing my suitcase apart. I, and I'm like, I, ha- I don't have anything for this occasion. I said, and I'm like, all I have are my press clothes because fashion week was the next week. And I was going to leave Omega and again, shape shift back into fashion stylist and do all the like fashion week things. And I was like, Oh my God, my press clothes. I, and I was like, if you can believe this or not, I was the quietest student in the class. <laughs> I never, I never spoke. Nobody knew anything about me. I was extremely shy and just kept to myself. And so they were used to seeing me in like yoga pants, messy top knot hair, no makeup, just whatever. And so I put on four inch stilettos, I, an outfit. I blew out my hair and I said, okay. I'm going to go as a fashion stylist psychic or something. You know, I'm like figuring this out in my head. And then I'm like, but what am I going to read? So I'm looking around and I'm like, well, actually, uh, you know, I have tarot cards with me. I don't, I don't want to do that. And so I was like, I need a fashion magazine is what I need because a fashion magazine are just like blown up pictures, like tarot cards. It's a deck. So I was like, I'm going to get that. And I'm sitting there. I was like, okay, I'm in the middle of the woods around a bunch of like very natural, maybe more earth-based people that aren't into fashion. <laughs> like, where am I going to get a fashion magazine? And can I get an Uber to the closest town to find one? So I went up to the, the bookstore running through the woods in this outfit. And I said, hey, hi, do you have a fashion magazine? And the guy's like, no, and just looks at me like, where did this one come from? She got off on the wrong stop on the Metro North. And he couldn't help me. But this girl taps me on the shoulder and says, hey, I'm a fashion photographer. I'm in from Australia for a breathwork class. I have the September issue in my room. (laughs) Do you want it? And I said, yes. Oh my God. Thank you. So I went and got this magazine. I'm like running through the woods some more and I get to class and fling the door open and everybody just looks at me. And a couple of people were like, oh my God. And I said, hey guys. I was like, this is actually how I look every day. (laughs) Okay. No big deal. Um, And so I sat down and someone sat in front of me and I said, okay, um, pick a page between one and 402 and I'm going to give you a message. And they pick a page and they turn to a page that it was a, I remember this very specifically, it was a Mark Jacobs bag ad and it had this, you know, very obviously a very tall, lanky model. She's naked and she's like <clears throat> holding all these bags in front of her. And I, and I looked at it and I said, oh, I was like, you're, you're changing your entire therapy practice and are going to start working with people that um, are having uh, gender identity issues and traumas and um, working with that community. And I'm like, where is this coming from? And the girl said I was right. And then it kept happening and happening and happening. And as I would give these readings, I tear the the page out of the fashion magazine and give it to them because that's what they were working on. And I'm sitting there after I'm done with all this. And I thought, Oh my God, if I can read a fashion magazine, I can read a closet. And if I can, 
you know, continue to encourage my community that's already wearing all these like crystals and statement jewelry, that there's a bigger meaning behind them. And there's actually like medicine and healing with the stones that they're wearing. I can pull this whole thing off and they're going to listen to me. So that's how I incorporated crystals into my business because I know women like sparkly things and women already wear jewelry. So I'm just meeting them where they're at and putting more meaning into what they're already into. Ah, I love that story. Oh my gosh. That was, I, I, again, that was like riveting. Like I was listening to like every piece of that. That's so interesting. Like I would never in a million years think you could get that out of a fashion magazine. Like that just, that really, I've ne- that's a unique story, Colleen. I have never heard that before. Very, very interesting. And you're right. You do. You're meeting people. Again, like we said in the beginning, like this is like a book for like modern women. Like you're really making this accessible. And I like that you said you're meeting them where they are. Women already like these things. Women are naturally drawn to, you know, beautiful gemstones and crystals. And you're saying, yes, but like come a little closer. Let me tell you a little bit more about them. And I think that that is perfect. So, okay. You mentioned in there that you love working with skeptics. So for the skeptics that were like you in the beginning, maybe other Virgos out there who are like, or people, (laughs) you know, I'm thinking of people like my husband who just like, God love him. He totally is fine with all the things that I do, but he's a total skeptic. Um, you have in the book, this like whole entire section that's on crystals and like, what does science say? You know? And I immediately immediately flipped right to that because I wanted to like totally dive into that. And I found it really interesting because you have this whole interview with a Silicon Valley engineer who's like super top secret. You don't even have his name listed in there. Um, and he says flat out when you asked him this question, you said, can you explain why crystals are important in technology. And he says, how can I put this? Crystals are not important in technology. They are technology. Without our use of crystals and crystal structures, which constitute every single microchip ever made, humanity as we know today would not exist in the same way. Talking about our cell phones, our computers, our flat screen TVs. I mean, reading that, Colleen, I put it in such a different perspective for me like thinking and trying to bring this to a skeptical mind to say, Hey, look at this. Like this is, these structures are in everything that we use. And, you know, talking the section on page one and five, you talk about scientists finding it. This blew my mind again in our brain. Yeah. Magnetite behind between our eyes. And as I'm reading that, I'm going, the third eye, the third eye. And then you say the third eye. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And that just, you know, you said it's a magnetic substance, you know, that it's believed to be where we have telepathic senses. That's where we talk about in the spirituality space is the third eye space. Um, You talked about it being, we have calcium carbonate crystals in our inner ear. And then if they're dislodged, we have vertigo. So, that section I thought was genius, Colleen, to include that in the book, to talk about the people who may not get this, you know, who want more facts of why do we use crystals? Like, what is the basis of this in science? Where is this in history? And you talk all about the history of them being this ancient practice. 
So I just had to bring that into the conversation because for people who might be on the fence, just reading these sections alone, I mean, this has to, I mean, when you first discovered all the information, was your mind blown like mine was blown? Because I had never read that before. A thinking of crystals in terms of cell phones and in our brains and in our ears. I mean, right? That's fascinating. It's totally fascinating. And obviously, if I'm like a speaking engagement, there's always, well, there might be many skeptics in the room, but there's always at least one skeptic that raises their hand and wants wants to talk about it. And I'll, the very first thing I say to them, and again, like, let's keep this practical and simple. You know, they're like, I don't believe in crystals make me believe. And I said, okay, well, let me just offer this piece of information to you. I said, do you have probably like pink Himalayan sea salt in your kitchen? And they said, yeah. And I said, do you own a smartphone? And they said, yeah. And I said, okay, well, I guess since you don't believe in crystals, you should throw out that salt and give me your cell phone right now. Because you're already actually working with crystals. And if you have a, you know, as we mentioned, if you have a TV, satellites, um, microwaves, it doesn't matter. Anything electronic is, works on crystals. Mm. Like cell phones that we know today, smartphones, the, the very base component in those are something called epitaxial crystals that s- cell phones actually wouldn't run if they didn't have crystals inside their makeup. And I knew all this, you know, I knew all this on a base level and was obviously doing research. And then when um, I met the person that you're talking about in my book and he said that to me, like I literally almost cried because there was this, you know, this major person in science telling me, that, you know, this was correct. And we just sat there and started talking. And, and the whole thing around this was, I realized it was like, oh my God, scientists and and mystics are literally just having the same conversation and using different words and sneering at each other instead of working together. Mm, I literally just had an entire conversation with another woman all about soul meeting science. And that conversation, that topic, it, is one of my favorite conversations currently speaking that I so enjoy that union rather than, I mean, and talk about, you know, gosh, we need a little bit more union in this world right now. We don't need more divisiveness. We need more coming together. So, you know, that I can see why that would be so moving, like to hear the Silicon Valley engineer tell you that I can really get that. So, you know, with, with that being said, if crystals are in all of these things that we use, this, these technologies, um, they've been being used for you know thousands of years in all these ancient cultures, which you talk all about in the book, like China, Egypt, Greece, you go through the ball. Um, crystal healing. Okay, so you, you work with clients and you'll do crystal healing. Can you explain for someone who's not done crystal healing, what exactly is it? Like, what are you doing over someone's body? What do you mean by healing? Can you just kind of explain? Because that's a definitely thing some people hear about crystal healing, but I don't know if everyone has necessarily done it. It's, you know, one of those quote unquote new, new age alternative ways of healing. Can you kind of explain that a bit? Sure. And I want to, I want to paint with a 
broad brush strokes here because there's very simple things that you can do at home to interact with crystal healing. If you're like, okay, I'm not ready. I can't, or whatever's going on. I can't go see a crystal healer right now for whatever reason Mm -hmm. that you can't actually have someone else um, work with you on it. So literally by wearing crystals, you're interacting with crystal medicine and experiencing crystal healing on a very um, simple level, right? So that's one thing. So if someone wears a crystal necklace around their neck and like, let's say this, right? Because we know rose quartz is the stone for self-love and love of others. And that Mm -hmm. vibrates with our heart chakra at our heart center. And you put on a rose quartz necklace and drop it down to sit over your heart. That's you're engaging with crystal healing. So you can do that yourself. This is like the take home piece. Mm, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Like again, let's keep this practical and simple. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're ready to advance a little bit further. And again, this is kind of like what my, my path was like those crystal necklaces I found <laughs> through my gateway drug. <laughs> so then, you know, I, I got in, I got into more advanced versions of, of crystal healing where I went to school and trained with mentors and all that good stuff. So Basically, what we know is that crystals, and again, we can talk from science or from mysticism here, um, they have the ability ability to hold information and to radiate, radiate energy out of them. So when you, like, they're like ancient computers, basically. So they're holding all this information in them. And then when you stick those next to skin or you're holding them while you're meditating, it, you're, there's an energy exchange that's happening there. So traditionally what someone might see from a crystal healer, they lay their client down on the ground or on a massage table or a bed or something like that. And uh, you're basically putting crystals on the chakra points in the body or maybe around the body or in that person's hand. And as a trained healer, obviously you know what best stones might be for which chakra or where they go, or you can actually, because if you think about it, if someone knows about crystal grids, the person's body becomes the center of the grid and you can actually lay crystals around somebody. Um, And again, what I've found out and I love this and honor this and, I'll be the first person to say there's, there's always more than one, one way to skin a cat. Happy Halloween, by the way. Um, yes. We're recording on Halloween, <laughs> um, That every modality does it a little bit differently. And I'm very much a believer that um, you take what serves you and, leaves, and leave the rest behind. And so take from what you've learned and make it work for you. Mm. Yeah, I, I, literally, I just went to a... Um, a Reiki session and she had me, she, you know, had me choose my crystals and I had amethyst in one hand and I had rose quartz in the other. And, um, that felt really good. Yeah. I think that, um, you, I, I like how you said though, like we can't all, maybe we're not in a position, um, financially to go and get a Reiki session with crystals or to do a crystal healing session, but just wearing them on your body, you know, you hear about people are always like, I, you know, you even say it, I think in your book, right. That you put them in your bra, like, heck yeah, you can put them anywhere. 
<laughs> that that I, I like that reframe that that's crystal healing for the it mind, is. body, and the spirit. I really, really like that. So, okay. Um, all right. Gosh, there are so many things that I feel like I could talk to you about. It's just like, I mean, honestly, guys, this book just literally goes over absolutely everything to do with crystals. Anything that you could have a question about, it's in the book. So, uh, okay. Colleen, I have just have a couple of things here that I just want to ask you just because I think it would be really fun to hear what you have to say based off of, you know, reading your book, all things crystals. Here's just some, I just want to ask you some random questions just to kind of see what you have to say. What I know that you say in the book, there's like top 20, you have top 20 crystals in here that you say need to be in your arsenal. So could you boil it down even more and give me like a top three or five that you would be able to like even more so bring it down? Like if someone's like, well, I can't go out and buy 20 crystals right now. Can we get it down to even like three or five that you're like these ones right here? Is it like clear quartz? Is it, you know, what, what could you boil it down to even more? Okay. Well, for the, for the, um, the minimalist girl out there, I can even boil it down to one and then maybe we can do like three or five. So the very, very, very first crystal that, um, anybody should work with is clear quartz. And I like to call clear quartz the black skinny jean of the Mm -hmm. crystal world. And I'll tell you why. So we know that's a neutral, right? And if you think about your closet, um, black skinny jeans, you could literally own one pair of pants in theory. And all the other tops go with a pair of black skinny jeans. So all the other crystals are the tops. Okay. So we have our neutral and it's also an amplifier. So whatever clear quartz sits next to, um, and let's say again, because we talked about rose quartz, and we know that's for love, you want to amplify the vibration of love, that's your formula. Now I'm kind of talking like a scientist, that you want to put clear quartz plus rose quartz equals an amplified vibration of love. Mm -hmm. So clear quartz is the first one. It's also considered the master healer. Um, when I'm doing my mentorship program, it's a crystal I use to help girls learn to channel that want to do what I do. Um, so it's really, it, it has so many uses to it. Some other ones that I, that I would add in my arsenal around clear quartz would be, um, black obsidian, that's a crystal for grounding and protection. Lapis lazuli, stone of truth and communication. Citrine is business abundance and personal power. Iron pyrite is for manifestation. And rose quartz is for love. Oh, and definitely amethyst because that's the vampire slayer. It keeps all energy vampires away from you. Mm -hmm. I'm very drawn to amethyst. It's, it was the first, I think it was the first crystal I ever bought that I really was uh, attracted to. And then I was gifted it a necklace of it (laughs) by my, one of my best friends. And it was like a stunning amethyst necklace. And she didn't know that. I don't think she knew I had amethyst. So like it, again, it was like validation. Like it kept coming into my life. 
Um, and I have it right now. It's sitting here right next to my computer. Um, I want, I think I once read that, is that true, right? That having crystals like near technology species helps to clear all of the um, positive ions from the technology. Correct. Okay. So yeah, I knew there was a reason I put this giant amethyst on my desk. (laughs) Yeah. I've been attracted to rose quartz and amethyst. Those of like two that I've really liked. And guys, this is in her book. Um, all of the things she was just talking about, like if you're like, Oh, wait a minute. What, what did she say about black obsidian or amethyst? It literally has in the book on page 109, it starts with your mini encyclopedia of crystals. And she talks all about the crystals. She has building your crystal arsenal on page 59 with like all of the different, um, you know, I talked about those top 20, they're all in there. So never fear, just get the book and it'll all be there. And this is like your little crystal Bible right here. Okay. So Colleen, what is your favorite way to discover if a crystal is right for you? Because you talk about a lot of modalities from like pendulum to being a human pendulum, seeing, feeling, finger dousing, Again, guys, those are all in the book. If you don't know what I'm talking about, what's your favorite method? Do you have a favorite method for seeing if a crystal is like right for you or if it speaks to you? Oh, definitely. And it was actually, so when I go back to what my, my first crystals mentor was saying to me, she's like, well, you can do this on your own. She's, and again, like I want all of your listeners to hear this so that, um, you know, everything I say is about empowering others to do for themselves and to, you know, to, to be sovereign women. And so you can do this yourself in a, in a crystal store. You don't need me present. And when you walk in, um, I like to take my hand cause I know I get like kind of the hot tingly feelings in my hand over a crystal that's mine. So I will actually take my hand like a, you know, you think like a metal detector kind of grazing over a bunch of crystals and I'll get heat in my hand over one that's for me. And this was actually, this was like my second exercise besides working with this crystals mentor about how to do this. And it was um, silencing my skeptical nature because at the time I didn't know what any of the crystals were. And every time I'd go gravitate towards one and my hand would get hot, I'd say, is this mine or is this for me? Um, is this the medicine I need right now? Something like that. And my hand would get tingles and I'd look it up on Google and a hundred times out of a hundred, it was exactly what was going on. Mm-hmm. So would you say then that if someone says, well, you know, the feeling method doesn't work for me. Just try another method then, like just maybe give it another go in a different way. Absolutely. And I'd also tell you that when you're doing this, be focused. Like if you walk into a store and you have like your kid and your dog with you and a heavy purse on and you're like trying to text and you're like, I'm not feeling anything right now from crystals. I'm like, well, you're also not actually paying attention and engaged with the practice, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure that you, you're present when you're trying this, but yeah, you can use, you could use a pendulum, you can use muscle testing, some people again, and this is more people that are of a clear cognizant nature, the knowers, like they'll just literally look and they're like, that one's mine. That's fine too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I, it's like you have to bring mindfulness into that practice right there. Like it's not just this mindless thing of just like, you know, you have to really be present with it. Yeah. That's a really good point. 
Do you have a favorite shape of a crystal? Because you talk about that too. You talk about heart-shaped ones, vogel-shaped ones, circle ones, triangle ones, and you describe all their meanings. And uh, that was really interesting to me. So do you have a favorite shape crystal? Um, actually, you mentioned it. I really love vogels. Mm. Yeah, there's a specific section in the book of all about that. And I've never... Um, I never heard that term before. So that was, that was interesting to read about. I I don't know if, um, I feel like I don't see that one a lot or I haven't seen it a lot in stores. No. And, and you might not, that's definitely when I noticed it in my life was when I got deeper into this practice. And um, it seems definitely more that maybe it's like a advanced healers tool. Um, not to say that somebody that's just, if you like the shape and that's what you want to work with, that's fine too. But that's just to say that's kind of when it didn't, it crossed my path when I was really getting into this work professionally. I don't even know how to describe the Vogel shape to listeners really. I mean, do you have a way to describe that without them seeing it? I <laughs> I don't know yeah. how to describe it. So it's, it's a double terminated uh, most times it's clear quartz, but it comes in, it can come in other crystals as well. So that means it's pointy on both ends and then it's faceted. So it has all these, like, it's almost like when you think about some, like a stop signs faceted, like gemstones are faceted. So that it has all these kind of like sharp sides to it, sharp, flat, smooth sides. Um, and what they say with the Vogels is, um, it's, I mean, it's very much like it's a powerhouse crystal. And the more sides or facets that a Vogel has, the more amplification it has. So you could have a 10-sided Vogel, mine's 32-sided. Um, I've seen, I think, maybe one that's 36-sided at the most. Mm. Um, but when you really get into this, and again, this comes into like, being a lapidary artist and a gem cutter, there's a certain frequency and angles and vibration um, that you have to cut the Vogel crystals at. And if you want to learn more about that, actually there's an interview with another one of my crystal mentors named Kirby Saeed, who's out of San Francisco that um, he knows so much about that and has taught me so much. So fa- there's honestly so much to learn. <laughs> there's so much to learn. It's like such a vast array of knowledge. Okay. So my last question for you in terms of like, like strictly crystals here is I'm curious if you have a favorite method of cleansing your crystals. Cause again, because this book has everything in it, you talk a lot about different methods of cleansing your your stones, your crystals, everything from, you know, full moon baths to putting them in salt, to putting them in rice, water. I mean, putting them in the dirt, you go through all the different ways, which I really appreciated that because that, that was one of my first questions. And whenever I started working with crystals was like, how do I cleanse these? So do you have anything that's like a personal fave? Well, I'd say, um, location, location, location sometimes dictates what I do. Um, I have a deck in LA and I can put my crystals out in the moonlight um, or I can go to the beach, right? I, I live a close walk to the beach in Venice, but I also, I was in New York city and I have a bunch of crystals with me and I stuck them in a house plant 
because <laughs> that's that was what I had available. And I say that in that way because, again, I, I see a lot of um, city dwellers and they're like, why don't, you know, I have a, I have a shitty fire escape. What am I supposed to do? Right. So, um, and I'm with them. Like I've had that shitty fire escape. (laughs) So I'd say, obviously you want to work with what's available in your environment. So that's one determinant for me, um, upon method. And the second one is some crystals can only be cleared in certain ways. And I say that like, let's use selenite for an example, and that is the, to me, the cosmic cleaning lady of the crystal world because it cleans, um, it cleans other crystals, it clears spaces, it can help get dense energy out of people, um, but it's also a salt-based crystal. So if you actually put it in salt water or regular water or the ocean or any of these things or get it in your moisture, it will start to disintegrate. So you literally cannot clean that in certain methods, right? Um, So I would also take into account what's going on with your crystal. Mostly, this is a a hot tip for people. If your crystal ends in ite, like selenite, kunzite, iron pyrite, aragonite, anything that's in ite normally can't go in water. It's, Uh it's a general rule of thumb. Um, that's in the book somewhere. And so I'd say that again, I'm always the practical shaman. So location, 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 and what can the crystal tolerate? But yeah, I mean, I like to walk to the beach and throw my crystals into the ocean because that's super fun. So, um, and I have the salt water right there. It's available to me. Mm-hmm. So when we say cleanse, we don't literally mean like you're getting out the bleach and cleaning them, right? <laughs> like not clean, cleanse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. don't do that. <laughs> so yeah, but cleansing as far as, you know, I, I mean, it's interesting, right? Because sometimes crystals, if you just get a crystal, it may actually have some physical dirt on them. Like I've I've pulled crystals out of the ground myself and yeah, there's some dirt on them, right? So you may be actually, so like water or salt water is a good method if you have physical dirt. But when we, when you hear most spiritualists and uh, woo-woo people talking about cleansing crystals, it's more that you're cleaning, cleaning, clearing the energy of a crystal. Right. And um, the next thing I say probably to, to piggyback, how often do we clean crystals? Yeah. Um, if you want to make it the ritual that we know the full moon is the best day of the month to release energy. So if you put in your calendar a reminder, Hey, it's the full moon. I'm going to stick my crystals out in the full moon, let them kind of clear, energize, um, you know, straighten out their vibes, whatever. That's fine. Um, the other thing though, I'd also say is like, don't let other people touch your crystals. And I say that in a way it's like, you know, it's not the end of the world, but the thing is you and your crystal build a relationship together and you have a a certain energetic frequency that you work with. And it's kind of like, I mean, you can do it, but it's like sharing, it's just like sharing lipstick and mascara or a toothbrush to me. Like that's the best way to put it. It's like, it's not going to kill you, but yeah. So, um, you want to, maybe not, (laughs) Yeah, but maybe not, you know, like if you had to, you could, but, um, so if somebody 
you know, oh, I love that crystal around your neck. And of course they go to grab it. The reason they love that crystal is because there's so much energy from you and that crystal working together, radiating, right? Of course they go after it. You're sparkly, it's sparkly, everything's sparkling. Um, but you know, it, that's, it's not okay to touch that. It's also not okay without permission to touch somebody's altar in their house either, or their, their crystals in their home. Right. Um, mm. yeah. yeah. So then you just like, in that moment, you just kindly step back. <laughs> like, how do you, I mean, Lady. if you're wearing a gorgeous necklace, like you just add on a gorgeous necklace, like how, what do you back up? Lady people always grab at my shit. So I, <laughs> end up, I mean, normally if somebody's like, I, cause I can see it coming, they're like, what's that crystal? That's huge. And they'll like come towards me and I'll actually put my hand over the piece, like over, not the chain, obviously, but like the actual pendant part and say, you know, thank you very much. And then I say, you know, um, you really shouldn't touch other people's crystals. And always people are like, I didn't know that. Right. Or oops, I forgot. It's just so shiny. Um, so, mm-hmm. and if they do actually, cause there's been times like, you know, somebody, I don't even know where they came from. And I remember I was looking at books somewhere in a store and this woman like was standing above me and like comes in like a velociraptor at my neck and grabs my jewelry. She's like, I love this. You know, I, I didn't even see her coming. So I just took my necklace off and put it in my purse. And then I went home and, and cleaned it later. Hmm. Yeah. I guess you're right. It's like people are going to maybe, of course, it's like a, you know what it's like? It's like a pregnant woman with the belly. Yeah. 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 Like why is that a normal to just like go and touch some random woman's belly? I know. You don't know that person. Ask yeah. for permission. Yeah. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't like go up and just grab people's boobs. You know, it's like the same thing. <laughs> don't touch my crystals. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that should be a shirt. You should make that a shirt. I should make that a shirt and wear it to every public speaking engagement. That How I go funny to. would that be? Like, like woman, don't touch my crystals. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Okay. My last question for you that I have before I ask you just some really fun rapid fire is what kind of a full circle here. You talked a bit about this in the beginning about putting, um, you know, all things accessible here, putting crystals and how can we make this an accessible practice? And first you said about putting them like on your physical body or in your bra or wearing them as a necklace, like things like that but also engaging with them in your closet, which I thought was super interesting. And I know that's something that you do is like these closet cleansings. Um, you call it the style rituals, closet cleanse. Um, I found that super interesting and pretty novel. I'm, I've never, I had never heard of that practice before until you. So can you explain that's on page 190 listeners uh, in the book, just like a couple of the crystals that you talk about that you suggest people have in their closet um, and why, and what exactly do you mean then like by this closet cleanse and you describe it really well in the book, but can you just briefly touch on that? Cause I find it very novel. Um, I think one of the, your offerings, I just find it very interesting. <laughs> well, it is, it is my signature service. And I think I'm, I'm the only one in the world that, that does it. 
Um, why I'd never heard of it before. (laughs) Yeah. I I think I, I made it up. Okay. I made it up basically. But again, I was like, Hmm, I need to talk to women about spirituality. Where can I bond with them at the closet? So again, and you know, some spiritualists out there listening may cringe when I say this, but so much of my business, I, I learned all my skills in the fashion industry to run my spiritual business. Um, and this is, this was kind of that moment when I told you I was sitting in shaman school and I had the fashion magazine out and I was like, well, if I can read a fashion magazine, I can read a closet. And I'm also a huge fan of Marie Kondo, who I think is a total secret shaman, by the way, um, the magic art of tidying up. She wrote that book that went viral and uh-huh. she talks about energy in the closet. She's the, the joy bringer to closets everywhere. So I was kind of like, you know, I read her work and I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting. And, um, I used to be a fashion stylist. Like I cleaned out people's closets. I know how to do that. So again, keeping this super practical and, um, I said, okay, well, how do we put crystals in a closet? Um, uh, well, we need to organize things and we're going to organize things maybe anyways by, we you know, by color, by silhouette, and maybe also by wearing occasion. So if you have your workout gear in one area and you have your business clothes in another, and maybe you have your lingerie in another. So obviously love, duh, we want to put rose quartz near all of our sexy lingerie. Um, business abundance, that's citrine and iron pyrite, right? You're going to put that near your, all your business blazers. And then the workout gear, um, crystals like bloodstone, which is a, which is a health stone or appetite when you're kind of working on like, um, something that falls into the realm of like diet and exercise. So again, being very practical and methodical about what's going where, and then our old friend Selenite, which is the cosmic cleaning lady, again, that can go in the corners of the closet, um, shoe boxes, um, even the bottom of like a garment bag. Um, so anywhere that you think about like dense energy hides. So those would be some, some basic tips. Yeah, I love that. I, I think it's genius. Thank you. So I, I love your signature offering. I <laughs> think it's really badass it's really cool fusion. I'm all about paradoxes. Like that's like my thing is I love the paradox of soft and fierce. That's like my favorite paradox for how like I live my life and like my embodiment. So I look for paradoxes in others and in the way people live their lives. So I just really dig the way that you do this, Colleen. I I really do. Thank you. Okay. So let's just wrap this up with some really fun rapid fire questions, shall we? Okay. Okay. So Colleen, what did you have for breakfast? Oh, I ordered from um, this place called Creation. And they're organic. They're on Abbott Kinney. Um, I really like their juice, but although I didn't get that, I actually got a really big breakfast this morning because I knew I wouldn't have time to eat lunch. Um, I had roasted potatoes, eggs, a tiny little salad and a piece of bacon. Yes, I eat bacon. <laughs> I know a lot of people out there that <laughs> work in my industry. I tell them that and they're like, <gasps> and there's another paradox for you. I know I'm a, I'm a bourbon and bacon girl. I don't know what to say. Well, you're also from Pittsburgh. That's true too. So, you know, 
I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Okay. Finish the sentence. I crave more. Hmm. White space. Oh. Can you say why that is? I have a very full schedule. Yeah. So, you know, my, I have to tell you this now that you said that my word for 2018 has been spaciousness. (laughs) I literally made a whole mentorship um, program with clients that I'm working with and it's called the making space mentorship because I was like the same as you at the beginning of the year. I thought I am lacking space. And that was the word that came through for me was space. And I was like, I want to embody spaciousness. So I, I am on the same wavelength with you. With High that five way. on that one. Yeah. <laughs> My new answer for everything is someone asked me if like, it's like, because space. Yeah. Like that's my answer. Like if it's a no, it's like, well, why? Because space. <laughs> right. My default. It's my new default. Okay. When it comes to self-care, I could be better at. Juicing. (laughs) Yeah, I could too. I have a juicer and I don't really use it that much. I fully admit. I know I'm supposed to like green juice (laughs) on so many levels. I work as a healer and I live in LA, but it's the one thing I, I'm like, okay, I will. I will drink it. <laughs> it's just got to have some apple in it or something to cut all of that greenness. I yeah. Find. Yeah. I, I can't do it. If it tastes like straight up celery, I'm like, I can't. Like, I, I actually really hate celery, actually. So I can't do it if it's super green. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see here. Milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Oh, dark chocolate. Spicy and sea salt. Okay. I'm also on team dark chocolate. Okay. My last question. This is the question that I ask absolutely everybody because this is the self-care spotlight. So obviously crystals have everything to do with, you know, they're so involved in a self-care practice and self-care rituals. And that's why you're here today. So if I ask you this question, how would you answer this? What does self-care mean to you? Well, you know, it's interesting. I think it means having a level of what I like to teach my clients around having healthy selfishness. And I say that in a way that if you actually on some level don't put yourself first, you cannot show up for anybody else fully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's such a, I like the way you say that too, of healthy selfishness. Because I was just having this conversation with someone else and they called it positively selfish. Yeah. So it's like everyone seems like they're, you know, I have so many wise people that come on this podcast And they're all saying like essentially the same thing. Put yourself first, like be willing to be selfish and be totally okay with it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the airlines, 
have the most brilliant mantra ever. And they tell us every time we get on oxygen mask first. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's very true. And self-care is your oxygen. <laughs> yes, yes. It's your oxygen and your crystals can be your oxygen. mask. <laughs> get your crystal, stuff them in, wear them, do whatever you put them in your closet, all the things. <laughs> okay, Colleen. So please tell everybody uh, where can they get your book? Where are we going to be able to get this book at? Cause I know that, I mean, and all things like this would be a great gift to give to someone too, right around holiday season. So where can we get Crystal Rx the book and where can we find you on social media so we can connect with you? Yes. So you can, you can get this book anywhere books are sold. And those are places like Barnes and Noble, um, the HarperCollins website and absolutely Amazon prime for all you millennials out there. You can just, you can prime it <laughs> right now today at this moment. It will be there tomorrow. Um, well, actually November 6th, because <laughs> it comes out in about a week. And if you want to stalk me online, you can find me at either stylerituals.com or find me on IG at style underscore rituals. Well, you know what? I have to say this was a very enlightening conversation and I had a lot of fun talking to you and I just think people are going to really dig this book. This is their first book. It's my first book. <laughs> wow. That's such an achievement. Uh, again, I know I already said congratulations, but congratulations. It's a beautiful book guys. You're going to want to get it. So just like put it on your Christmas list or get it, just get it for yourself. If you don't want to wait to read it. And Colleen, thank you again for being on the show. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, that's a wrap. So where can you get Crystal Rx? You can go to alyssacousins.com forward slash episode 73 or simply click on the link in the show notes here. Whether you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, just click on the link right there in the show notes and it will take you to our website where you will find the link to shop the book. As I said, it's a simply gorgeous, stunning book inside and out. It's a hardcover, beautiful book, gift for yourself or to treat someone else, especially for this holiday season. And what can you look forward to next week? Okay, so next week we are having LaShawn Middlebrooks Collier on the podcast. She is a former MIT research assistant and she's going to help us bridge soul with science. So this is going to be a part of our soulful science mini series that we're doing here on the show. She is like such a gem. She has such wisdom about how we can meet soul and science and infuse them together. And I think that you're really going to appreciate her both spiritual and intellectual view of these subjects and how they're kind of one in the same. So be sure to tune into that next Tuesday. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Self Care Spotlight. And if you absolutely love this podcast and you tune in every week, won't you please do me a favor and give us a five-star rating on iTunes or write us a review. Again, if you just go to the show notes, it will explain to you how to write a review on iTunes and we would really appreciate that to help reach more like-minded folks like you. Otherwise, have a beautiful, spacious rest of your day. Bye, guys.